Welcome back to another episode of The Wolf's Den. My name is not Mark Atobre. My name is James Kelly, General Manager of Enterprise Fitness. And I will be doing a takeover of the next two episodes while Mark is away. And joining me today, we have Tyrone Felino, Enterprise Master Coach, and Matt Crooks, Enterprise Senior Coach, who has had his first call up to the podcast. And today we are going to be discussing ways to maximize your results. Are we not here talking about the Champions League final? Oh, wrong podcast. <laughs> so tell me ways to maximize your results. We're looking at time. We're looking at things like structuring your routine and just what, what do you find the best ways you get your clients to maximize results, Maddie? Apart from being here with you. I think first of all, sort of understanding the client and what their background is, where they're coming from to start off with. So obviously here we do a session one, understanding their client, the more you understand the client and how they go through their day-to-day life what their stresses are like outside of the gym etc and stuff like that that's going to be the most important thing because realistically you look at it if they're not doing uh, their recovery right so if they're not recovering well and they're living stressful lives then obviously there are going to be things that are going to impact your overall performance in the gym and therefore your results so your body composition essentially yeah for sure the biggest thing to reiterate in in this episode we're doing today is we are really talking about how to maximize those results so What we want to look at today is when somebody says they're all in and they want to get the best outcome they possibly can, what are the things that we're really trying to focus on to achieve that? Uh, We understand as coaches, that's not going to be 100% of the time where people are able to commit everything to achieving the best goals that they possibly can. So with that being said, I suppose the biggest thing first and foremost is the time aspect and the commitment to actually putting training, nutrition, all the things associated with getting really good results as one of the highest priorities and the highest values. Would you say that's probably a good? I think you gotta break it up. I think the time aspect, you need to break it up into two different things. Okay, how much time can you allocate to your training per week? That is a one aspect. And how much time, if any, can you allocate to either meal prep or nutrition? And when it comes to meal prep and nutrition, as we all hop on and as, as the big thing that Mark has taught us is that you either got enough time to do your own meal prep or you've got enough money to get someone else to do it for you. And that's what it comes down to. If you can't allocate time to do your own meal prep, then you need to find someone else to do it for you. But I think you, looking at it and breaking the week down and going, okay, there's 168 hours in a week. How many hours can I allocate out of that? to training, right? And then actually making it and booking into schedule, I think is very important. Whether that be your one, two, three hours with your coach and then how many hours do you need on your own? And I think that begs the question like, okay, well, what's the minimum that someone's gonna need? Obviously you can get great results off four and five times a week. You generally, not, generally don't need that six six or seven days. You need, you need to recover as well. But what's the minimum and what's the maximum and where can we meet in the middle? And that's gonna obviously come down with your coach and it's gonna be person dependent. But I think, yeah, definitely time is, is going to be that big one. And just really scheduling. I think, yeah, using a calendar and scheduling is the most important thing. So I think one of the things that I take from what you've just said is really having a solid structure before you get started almost. So obviously we know that the components of training and nutrition are a massive part of getting that result, but then creating a structure that works for the individual around their schedule is going to be the key component to that long-term success and getting the maximal outcome that we're looking for. 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's just—it's almost you know setting a contract with yourself and your mm. new coach, going, "I can allocate this much time, and let's make this work." That might only be three hours of training a week. It's like, okay, I can only allocate three hours of training a week in order to keep my recovery and my nutrition on point as well. Let's, what can we do with that? And that's where your coach will go, okay, let's we'll, we'll work with it. And it's just having a, that conversation and just getting it, laying it out on the table first and foremost, and then just making that commitment. Yeah, and on that, sometimes it might be just starting with basics. Just get the basics right to start off with. Sometimes I think, you know, people love, if, and this is the same thing as I said before, starting with that session one, people live a hectic life, busy life, especially we have a lot of people here that come in big CEOs and stuff like that. Just starting sometimes with the basics and getting those right. Understanding the fundamentals of why you're consuming each of these macronutrients, etc., and stuff like that, and then setting that foundation, then can lead on to more from that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think what Matty said is a is spot on. To be honest, I think people think it's a lot more complicated than it actually is. Yes, when you get into the nitty gritty and the scientific aspect mm. of putting a training program together or putting a nutrition plan together, it can get a bit, a bit yeah, a bit sciencey, but I think when we really strip it back, it's actually very basic yeah. things that really get the best outcome. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think it's a lot more complicated when actually it's a lot of the very simple things that they're not doing to the best of their ability that is going to get them the best outcome long term. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. The basics are get, just getting nutrition on point. What, and nutrition on point for one person compared to another can be completely different things Correct. one person will be like nutrition on point for us is every meal on point weighed measured bang whereas nutrition on point for speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> stefan might be listening so i gotta say that. whereas whereas a ceo or a mum of three it might be just getting you know, a mum of three comes in and getting her nutrition on point is okay we just need to eat need to get you eating three full meals a day and with some protein, some fats, and some carbs. Yeah. If we can start there, then that's the beginning of, and that's maximizing your results now. So that's, and that's where it's gonna be person dependent. It's like, it doesn't need to be perfect, and perfect is what you and I and us would look at in terms of our meals. Perfect needs to be perfect for you at this point in time, because yeah. that's gonna maximize your results right now. Yeah, and it's making that small change, right? Like what you said before, like that mum with three kids might be coming in, divorced, whatever three kids and coming in with well turn, <laughs> <laughs> but coming in with obviously high expectations and obviously she's put, probably got all these goals that she wants to achieve for certain reasons but just starting with basics of that small change of making sure that she's consuming okay you got your protein your fats you got your carbs you got your veggies in there perfect mm. just starting with that just not even measuring just get those forget numbers get those things right can make a massive change from as well do you think people's perceptions of maximizing what they're doing is guided somewhat by social media these days as well? Some people might see what such and such an influencer is doing on social media and try and replicate that when we break it down as a coach and go, this doesn't actually work for your schedule and what you do and your stresses and your challenges in life. You just possibly can't fit that same structure that this person has into your day. Like it's hidden that round peg into a square hole like it's just not going to happen yeah i think first you influencing you like yeah, that analogy yeah, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a podcast about the chair going i think first is first thing is like just informing them that you know half that stuff just don't happen on there's a camera there and there's a ring light 
deliberately set up in that order to make it look like that's what this person, this influencer, is doing on a day-to-day basis. It's like Muddy when he makes his chili con carne, but then he's actually just eating burgers. I've never you, seen him. I've never seen you actually bring that in. Mate, uh, have you ever actually made? I that? made those homemade burgers for that one video, and I'm not making. It. What was your Uber Eats bill for the month, Muddy? Oh, that's quite high, to be fair. I don't know. I sent it to its market. <laughs> but I think that's the first thing, and yeah, it is heavily governed by what people want and what people think they can do. So much government by social media these days. And if it's not social media, back when you and I first started, it was magazines. It's like, how many past clients have we had through here that have been on the fitness magazines? It's like, I want to look like that. And it's like, yeah, we can get there, but you're not going to look like that all the time around. It's like, yeah, you might be able to have a day with that influencer where you can get all this done, but you got three kids and you work and they don't, like, you might have a one out of six days like that. Let's be realistic. Yeah, and this is a client that I'm talking about that 60 years old wants to get super lean like photos behind me and it's like man do you want your libido to be working like those mm. type of things like it's the sacrifice it's right? a sacrifice man and like your stuff on instagram i mean it all started probably on youtube youtube to like your other social media profiles like or platforms so like your instagrams and your facebook and whatnot and stuff like that and you know, you just, it's just every single detail that people try to look at and be like i have to be like that and it's not no you don't have to be like that think about their sort of yeah. life and then your life, like especially with Instagram influencers that probably haven't got kids and stuff like that. And they're just, oh, okay, sweet. I can wake up whatever time in the morning. This is my morning routine. This is this. And it's not, it's not the same for a person that's got two or three kids fighting a divorce or something like that yeah. once again and got other things and working a nine to five job. Uh, actually, I don't know if I can actually think of any influencers off the top of my head that have kids. Yeah, that's a fair point. Actually. I can probably think of one that we all know, but that's about it. I don't know who you're thinking about. Yeah. I think I've got one. Oh, maybe I do know who you're yeah. thinking about, actually. I don't know. If I I'm think I sent you a video of him yesterday, if it's the same person. Yeah. But, but... Yeah. Oh, hold on. But, yeah, I don't think if I can... Yeah, none of them are high-level CEOs and eating out constantly and in meetings and yeah. socializing and entertaining and... These are people whose livelihoods revolve around health and fitness. Yeah, correct. Like the influencers, I mean. And their phone. Whereas, like, CEOs and those people of big corporations, like, it's... Very much the opposite. Yeah, and that's where the maximizing your results for that CEO is going to be, okay, let's have a look at the menu before you go out for lunch. Let's reduce the amount of wines you have. Um, and then we can. Go, that's going to maximize your results at this point in time more than trying to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. And then more getting into that, going further down the path and they want to get leaner, then it's like you've got to sacrifice this if you want mm. to do that at the end of the day. Yeah, and it comes to a point, it's like, which, well, what do you want more? What do you want more? Mm. Do you, you want to run your, your multi-million dollar company that you do run or yeah. you want to get shredded? Yeah. yeah. And not saying, look, and it's not saying that you can't do both, but at one point something's going to give, but yeah, something's got to give and you can look good and feel good and work to the best of your ability better than you ever have been or you can be shredded and walk around like a zombie yeah it's interesting the way you've put that there because you can maximize your results in different ways at different points in time right so you don't always have to be a hundred percent in on let's say the nutrition side of things but you might shift your focus a little bit to just focusing on the strength aspect of your training rather than the body comp aspect so in the long term, they're all going to equate to a much better result that you get at the end. But just having those times where you might pivot a little bit in terms of what the key focus is and not having always the focus on just body composition, I think is an important way to look at it as well. So 
it's not a case of you're either maximizing your results or you've just gone through the motions and not really getting anywhere. It's okay, what aspect of your results are we maximizing at any said time based on where your life is currently at? If you're really stressed out and you don't really have much time to, to meal prep or you don't have much time to eat your meals, even if you've got the meals, then maybe we just focus on a goal that's not necessarily centered around body composition right now. Yeah. And we come back to that at a time where it suits you better and you can put a bit more towards that. And it might not and it might not be the training and nutrition. You might have those on point. It might be the fact that you only sleep four hours a night because you work on an international time zone. 100%. Or you sit on your bum all day long in meetings. So you know, you might have training and nutrition on point and you're like, why am I stuck? It's like because you sit down. Out of 168 hours in the week, you're only on your feet for four hours. Yeah. You gotta put that into perspective and it's okay, how can we just doing little things like you've done with we spoke about this in one of our last podcasts, you know, either walking meetings when your clients are in a meeting, doing them walking or taking a break every 90 minutes, just walk around the office for 10 minutes, yeah. something like that. Or how can we get the best quality sleep? Yes, we might not be able to improve the quantity or the many, as, how many hours sleep you've got, but can we improve that six hours you're guaranteed to get? Can we make it the best six hours that you're ever going to get? And, that, and it could be that. So there's the flow on effect as well. Yeah, definitely. So I think just to summarize where we're at so far, so we all agree upon the fact that People need to allocate that time and they need to have a level of commitment towards that time and a value on that time to the chairman, always the chair, <laughs> to get those training sessions in and some kind of structure around nutrition, whether that's putting the time aside to prep or alternatively seeking other options to get someone else to do that for them. Is that yeah, we're, 100%, yeah. we're all on the right page there, which is great. Now, Let's start to look a little bit more in detail with kind of the nutrition and training components of that as well. So with training, what are we really looking at in terms of the amount of times per week somebody needs to get a good result? I think the first question is how fast do you want that result? I think if you can, like, cause some people starting at, you, know, you can get a result of twice a week training twice a week if you've been doing nothing it's going to take yeah and that, that's where it comes down but to training age yeah, yeah like, and it's, but it's going to take longer yeah it's like correct. how long do you have and how, how long do you want to draw this result out for so mm -hmm. you can train for twice a week if you have been training zero times a week yeah. it's an improvement yeah but it's not going to get you from a to b in the quickest or most efficient amount of time possible so i think yeah for me i, I look it's the same thing. Like I, I like to allocate a minimum of at least three hours yep. for people. I say if you can allocate and, and, and commit three hours a week to training, that's a good start. And that's a good, it's gonna, you're going to get some results in a good amount of time. And I think the sweet spot is probably, five is great. Yeah. I think four is a really good sweet spot. Uh, I think you can either, you can do quite, you can do enough. And then you can still, you can't go and do too much where you're absolutely beating the crap out of somebody, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. I think four is probably the sweet spot for the majority. Right. I honestly think for a good result, three is where I'm drawing the line. As like, in anything less than three and you're like... Look, anything less than three, I think, like you just reiterated, you're going to make progress, but I don't think it's going to be as significant as you want. What happens if you, let's say for instance, they're super busy, right? And you go... They can't commit to four to five. 
All right, so say for instance, Tyrone just said three hours, but what happens if they go, but I can add an extra 30 minutes onto each session and do 90 minutes? Would you be like, okay, sweet, and add more into that? And, that, and they can't do that extra day. We'll, go, we'll get to that in a minute. Well, that's what I'm thinking, because I've had a lot of clients go to me, like I've got one and he's doing five, but he's like, I'm struggling with five. And I said, all right, I was like, I'm more than happy for you to go to four i think he's doing four and i'm like i'm happy to go to three but i'm gonna add more into these other sessions to get the adaptation more adaptation out of your sessions yeah for sure so i think i'll actually backtrack a little bit because i should probably be a little bit more clear with what i'm saying i think if the goal is weight loss i think you can get away with two mm. but we'll discuss some other things around that which are important to maintain in order to get that outcome right yeah. i think if the goal is muscle gain i think two is not enough there's not enough frequency no. No. within the week you. to actually no, stimulate yeah. that adaptation right in yeah. terms of muscle growth so i think that they're the two sides of the spectrum that we're working on right like fat loss can definitely be a lot easier to achieve on less training 100%. days in the gym because we'll unpack this a little bit more in a minute but that really does come down to nutritional intake Food. and calories in calories out mm. at the end of the day that is the biggest hurdle that we're we're facing there but i think like i said with gaining muscle we have to be pushing three and beyond to really drive that adaptation and i don't care how much you think you're going to proximal failure twice a week and whatever five effective reps that you think mm. you're doing that you've seen on social media yes you're right to no way no way you're building muscle or making gains no, twice a week it's not enough whether you think you're going to yeah you're pushing to failure those two times a week on every single exercise and every single set you're kidding yourself yeah. you're just kidding yourself yeah for sure so we're all in agreement with that yeah yeah three to five is yeah the sweet spot the sweet spot for a focus that's more driven towards muscle gain by all means if you've got that amount of time yeah. and the goal is fat loss then fantastic you're obviously going to get an even better outcome at the end of the day and you're yep. going to give yourself the opportunity to probably build some more lean mass within that fat loss journey as well correct but with the fat loss outcome we all agree that you could probably get away with those two strength days as long as the other areas are dialed in i think that's what it is though it's like and i think that's the conversation that the people either your coach needs to have with you or you need to have with yourself if i can only do commit to two strength se strength sessions what's a realistic outcome yeah well, one, what's a really realistic outcome? And then two, it's like, I need to make sure that every other aspect of my life is dialed in mm -hmm. from nutrition to sleep, to steps, to whether I can fit in a 10 minute run for another four times a week, yeah. whatever else. But that's got to be dialed in. And I think that's where you're going to be able to maximize your results off if you only were able to do two training sessions a week. Yeah, I think that's where people need to, again, 168 hours in a week, you're only moving for those two hours and not looking after everything else like you're just pissing against wind yeah yeah i think this that this is the beauty of this discussion is helping people understand that you can still maximize certain results and certain outcomes but there is certain variables that must be taken care of in order to do not every single thing has to be dialed in all the time but to get a certain adaptation or a certain outcome that has to be a vast majority of those variables that are dialed in so if, to get there so then if we looked at the basics and go okay 
the, the absolute necessities in order for you to change your body composition, whether that be fat loss or building muscle, right? Needs to be one, strength training. Yep. Two, so nutrition. Yep. Needs to be, look, I'm not even going to say 100%. I'm going to no. say 80%. So let's if, unpack nutrition. If, a you're, bit. if you're 80 to 90% consistent, right? You're pretty much going to get results. Man, 100%. Right? It's, and yeah. So you don't need to be, you don't need to be 100%. That's like, guys, that's not a ticket to just go and eat whatever uh-huh. you want tonight. But, if you are consistent, consistent. 80 to 90, 90%, it's consistent and persistent time, effort over time is what's going to get your result. And I think it's sleep. It's getting ideally that between that six to eight hours, seven to nine hours sleep. What's but, that? Yeah, I know. If, <laughs> or if you've got kids, if you've three got and above is great. <laughs> getting the, most, the, most quali- the best quality sleep out of, out of that that you can. But then at the same time, just be realistic. Well, yeah. you've got an hour well, in a day, can you have a nap? Yeah, yeah I think... On, on the little side, well, in the back of the paddy wagon, yeah, in the back of the van. I think on that point, exactly, we've also got to remember if a client comes to us and they're currently doing X and we can make some sort of improvement on that, whether it be sleep, whether it be nutrition, whether it be training, it's going to be better than what they were getting before in terms of outcome. So, someone's sleeping three, three, four hours of really poor quality, and we make it four or five hours consistently and the quality improves it's still not towards that optimal seven to eight hours that we hear thrown around quite often but it's still better than what they were getting that's a huge so difference. it's going to be an improvement right yeah, yeah. but it, and that's the thing and sometimes i think everyone as well also tries to turn every single knob at the same time yeah. it's like let's just turn one let that sit then we'll try another one let that sit and then just work our way through if someone comes in and they're eating or they're eating maccas and drinking coke and sleeping four hours a night and sitting on their ass playing video games all day all right what's the first thing you can do okay let's just tweak nutrition right let's just maybe maybe just swap that coke for some water mm. right bang you've less your caffeine intake so you sleep probably down, food, yeah. right you're going to be less jittery so you get less stress on the body your nutrition's improved from a calorie perspective and you're actually hydrated too. So everything's going to move. And you probably, that's where the, the easiest thing to do where people are probably just going to lose, oh my God, I lost five kilos in two weeks. Like, oh. Yeah, I generally find focusing on the three biggest limiting factors first, getting some progress there and then focusing on the like next thing to change. I've book that someone wrote. You, yeah. You read that? <laughs> I think the biggest one is sleep as well. Like, I know I've got many clients, but one in particular that I know off the top of my head in UT, the one that I'm thinking about, but, this one, like, obviously got two kids as well, and she struggles with sleep. Sleep. The biggest thing that I told her to do, I didn't even give her, I've given her subs, but the biggest change that I made for her, and it was simple as this, I was like, she used to make her lunch for the kids, everything like that, get everything set up for her kids before school the next day, so then she doesn't have to do it the next morning because she's always trying to run around. And I literally just said to her, I said, what I want you to do is get everything done before I was like, get everything done, et cetera, and stuff like that before you go to bed. For the kids, everything, sandwiches, done. All you're going to do, your time to relax, so put them to bed, etc. You're going to have a hot shower before you go to bed. Just have a hot shower, nice warm shower, and relax. No music, nothing, no phone, phone's on charge, nothing. Then you're going to go straight into bed, and that's what you're going to do. Done. And look, she's probably, she messaged me twice the next day, or the day after, Got, got great sleep the day after that. Then the day after that, she had a bit of an off one. But I'm like, those two days, she's got better in that one week than the week before. So then it's just those little increments of just trying to improve that each. The sleep's the biggest thing I 
Yeah. This this again goes back to what we discussed at the start in terms of creating that structure. Yeah. It's not just stru- structure around training and nutrition. It's structure around the things that you do throughout the day and the tasks that make you very stressed or feel like you don't have time to do anything else. Mm. Trying to find ways to Suit. maximize that better. Yep. Exactly like what you've just discussed. That and that can make a big difference in terms of putting people in a more relaxed state when they're going to bed, which right. means they get better quality sleep. And then that obviously has a massive knock on effect on all these other things in terms of like mood, ability to train harder, harder which right. again, all start to yeah. compound and add towards yeah. a better outcome and a better yeah. result. I just wanted to go back to nutrition briefly. I'm not sure if you guys have had a similar thing to me, but I always find that people misunderstand the I suppose the focus on their nutrition from a standpoint of if the goal is to lose weight, we need to be consistent in that calorie deficit. And if the goal is to build muscle, we need to be consistent in that calorie surplus somewhat. Do you guys agree that's probably an area where people don't understand the necessity of both of those things, whether it be a deficit or a surplus and what that looks like? Because I think you might have those people who are in a deficit from Monday to Friday and then they undo all the hard work over the weekend or those people who are in a calorie surplus but then they have two, three days where shit gets crazy, schedule's hectic, they don't eat enough and then all of a sudden they're massively down on their calorie consumption meaning that on average they're actually just not doing either. I think, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there because I feel like we get a wide range of i definitely get a wide range of that it's either let's pe- scratch the surface yeah it's let's either, give the people enough it's either people <laughs> that are, it's either yeah like that it's either blowing out on the weekend and undoing all the hard work you've done monday to friday whether that be in a server deficit or it's just taking things to the absolute extreme whether that be your 18 19 year old 20 22 25 mate, even four-year-old females that we get and it's just it's are victims of social media and just taking that calorie deficit to the extreme for extended period of time, whether that be, yeah, just for extended period of time or the bro that comes in and they've just taken that perma bulk approach and they've just been being bulking. It's like, man, you, you're just getting fat now. Yeah. You don't um, so I think, yeah, I think yeah, the majority will fall within that. So if we looked at it and go, okay, 70% in that bulk curve of, yep, Monday to Friday are good. And then they'll, Either they'll ruin everything on the weekend by either having a blowout and going out and having drinks and et cetera, et cetera, or just not eating enough because there's different structure on the weekend. Mm. And then you've got that 15% that are just in a calorie deficit for too far, too much for too long. And then you've got the guys or even girls that are just on that perma bulk stage and they're just in that surplus for far too long because you need at the same time, like without going too deep, but you need to have phases as well. Mm. And, and we all know, and that's the difference between when people come in and they go, oh, I've tried everything. Well, one, okay, let's try consistency first. Yeah. And then two, it's okay, let's have stages. And this is where a good coach will go, will plan it out in front of you and go, okay, this is this stage, this is what's gonna happen. And then the next phase is going, okay, we're gonna give you a little break. Let's say you might have a diet break. We might diet for 12 weeks and you might have a diet break because it's gonna be a little bit of a psychological break, etc. That's where you need those things as well. And that's not, just going, oh, I've been good Monday to Friday. I'm going to reward myself with 35 tequila shots on a Friday and Saturday, <laughs> plus a kebab and some macaroni yeah. at home. 
and then just blowing it all out. Yeah. So I think it's yeah, creating the, those that consistency, but also creating a bit of discipline and some boundaries as well. Yeah, people want, oh, they want freedom. I just want to eat what I want and look good. It's not how it goes. Yeah. And that's, Jocko always has that discipline equals freedom. You need to put some boundaries and some rules in order to create that freedom. freedom. You want to look good? You need to create some boundaries. You want to perform well? You need some sort of boundaries. It's like laws and rules. If we had no laws and rules to be chaos. That's a very Mark Toby thing to say, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a good point. But I think, look, people can eat what they want and get the results if we look at it from a calorie standpoint. But on that point from a health perspective it's not going to have your health in the best place it can be is the trade-off if you wanted to do it that way and that's why obviously we don't encourage people to just go eat maccas and eat in a calorie deficit and lose weight because then in terms of overall nourishment and like health and well-being it's not gonna help improve all these other factors that are important in terms of like recovery energy levels throughout the day cognitive function all these Mm things that require like a nutritionally balanced approach to nutrition and making sure they get in a lot of vitamins, minerals, those types of things into support. Those are the systems as well. It'd be like washing your car and never taking it for a service. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, imagine you went to McDonald's, you ordered cheeseburger, chips, Coke, right? You know, I could probably have a handful of that, like heaps of those, and I'd still be hungry after. It's food volume. If you have a good source of protein, good source of fats, good source of carbs, veggies in a meal, pretty much going to be pretty satisfied after yeah. but i think going back on to what james said is and we look at it and this the best way i've heard it looked at is calories are going to determine how much you weigh the macronutrients within those calories are going to determine how you look That's a great the answer. micronutrients within those macronutrients are going to determine how you feel so if you're just going on calories in versus calories out and not worrying about getting adequate protein yeah you'll lose weight but where is the weight coming from and if you just go YOLO if it fits your macros and you know, you're getting it all from ice cream and macros and fries and whatever, right? You may get those macros right, but from a micronutrient level, right? And on a blood, let's say at a blood work perspective and an internal health perspective, like you're probably gonna die at 35 or, or it's exaggerating, but you're gonna, it's gonna be horrible. So, and I think just addressing all that, and that's where we go back to going, sometimes the easiest and the smallest changes to maximize your results is just going, okay, from where you're at, you need to have three meals with some protein, some carbs, and some fats. That's it. Yeah. Because you're going to look better, you're going to feel better, and you know what? You're still in a calorie deficit. And it goes back to the point where you said, if you're 80 to 90% consistent with your food and your nutrition, and you have a bit of chocolate, whatnot, in the evenings, and stuff like that, along those lines, something that you enjoy that's not so-called in Surely the plan. We can, just, we can just work that in. Yeah, yeah you just work it in. Make it work. Like, this more for the psychological benefit especially with a client in a weight loss fat loss phase it's more of a psychological benefit for them as well and that's being not no, a client-centered coach and not just being like these are my rules yeah. this is what you got to stick to i think this is probably the biggest challenge that we can all agree on that you face with clients as well is they just don't understand how to incorporate those types of foods into their nutrition alongside still being at the point they need to be whether it's in a calorie deficit calorie surplus in order to achieve the goal and I think social media probably plays a role in this as well, where people might post videos and say, oh, you can still lose weight eating these things, but then there's no context around how to actually do that. So I suppose one of our biggest focus points is educating the clients on, okay, going back to my point before, like do people understand how to be consistent in either a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus 
to attain the goal that they're looking for. It all comes down to education of the clients and them understanding, okay, if I do have a burger and chips, then what other things do I need to moderate throughout my day to allow for that? And we can, in the early stages, we can set it up for them where they, it takes all the guesswork out and we do it for them. But I suppose the long-term goal in that instance is to get the client to a point where eventually they are able to moderate those things for themselves and they understand, okay, if I'm going out for a three course meal in the evening time, I'll maybe moderate my carbs and my fats in my other two, three meals before I go there to allow me to consume a little bit more, but still be hitting my targets of what I need to still achieve the goal that I want. And I think even then it's that initial point of sometimes we need to create a little bit of discipline around that and go, okay, we're going to limit you to two squares of chocolate night and create some sort of discipline and create some sort of boundaries and pull that leash a little bit tighter sometimes at the start. So then we can let it loose a little bit at the end. Yep. And that's where that discipline equals freedom comes in. It's like create a bit of discipline at the start. So then you've learned how to have a little bit of freedom later. Yeah. And w- whether that be, okay, I'm going to go out and have some ice cream with the kids later. So what is ice cream? It's mostly fats and carbs. All right, so I might just have to limit that a little bit later. Or if I'm having it early in the day, then I'm going to have to limit my fats and carbs later on. Yeah. Or stick to a, swap my fatty cut of meat to a lean cut of meat. Mm. So I think... Yeah. Which again is generally something people don't understand, right? That's it as well, yeah? Like right. it's just, it's swapping those. Oh, but I eat scotch fillet three times a day. It's like, it's it's right. a lot of fats, man. It's a lot of fats. <laughs> it's, like, it's the same thing, like with that nutrition one that we were talking about before and what T just mentioned just then, of letting go of that leash as they go through that process because if you give them everything that they want at the start, they're not going to have that discipline and that understanding of nutrition. Yep. If you just be like, look, this is your plan to start off with, all right? You have this, you're gonna be full on this. Perfect, sweet. All right, measure, whatnot. Okay, you've dropped body fat. All right, what would you like? Oh, can I have this? Yeah, okay, that works in, that makes, we'll make that work, that's fine. But that's more of creating a discipline for them at the start, rather than being like, all right, everything that you've done, perfect, which never happens when you come here, it's never perfect. So let's, okay, go with that. Yeah, I like to, the way I like to explain this to clients, both in nutrition and training, when I first get started with them is, We're going to start with a certain amount of constraints. We're going to follow those constraints, but that's going to provide you with a level of understanding that when we start to loosen those constraints off, you actually understand how to manage those variables better yourself. Correct. Rather than just give them all the options in the world and they don't really know where to begin. It's like, hey, let's narrow down to begin with and start with X plan with these constraints. And then as you get better at it, we can start to loosen those constraints and you now have the ability to adapt and adjust that accordingly without throwing everything out the window that we've just worked on. But again, and that's, uh, you know what, and uh, one way to maximize your results, in, in maximize your results is limit your choice. Like if your program's done for you, you don't have a choice. You just go in and do it. Yeah. You don't stand there in the gym going, oh, this looks a bit busy, I'll do this, <laughs> whatever. If you've, either, if you've either got a meal plan done for you, you've got no choice. If the meals are prepared for you, you've got you've limited choice. And that's, if you don't have a choice, then you're just going to do what's right in front of you. The more choices you have to make, and especially when you're in a hurry and you've got 10,000 other things going on in your life, you're going to make the poorest choices, generally speaking. And then if you don't actually make a choice at all and you end up being hungry, you're going to make even poorer choices. So it's like I said to clients, if you go shopping to Coles on a, on when, you're stomach, when you're hungry, what are you going to buy? You buy everything that you can eat right now because you just want to satisfy that. You go after you've just eaten, 
you'll stick to your list and you'll stick to it and you go straight in, get where to get and straight out. So I think a big one is there limiting your choice as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm just conscious on time and there is a couple more things that I want to address. Firstly is we've obviously covered training as it relates to training days and the goal that we're looking to achieve. What about training intensity in the gym? Yeah. Training <laughs> yep. with, train, yeah, just like- Being important, 100%. I think, in, again, and this goes back to social media and a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of people that, that we follow and we get education from that bring nuances to training. And I think there's a, it gets lost in translation at the moment where it's like, doing things at certain angles and RIRs and RPEs. It's like, man, sometimes you just got to go in, right? See that rep range you've been given? Like, just lift that weight. Yeah. And if it feels like you can't get any more reps in that rep range, right, you've done a good job. It's get in, train hard, and do what you need to do. It's 100%. It's, I know you've taught me this a lot. So, like, obviously, we program four-week blocks. And if it's an eight to 10 rep range, I always get my clients to just hit 10 to start off with. Just hit 10, get comfortable with the weight. And then obviously second week, okay, maybe we'll start to hit a couple of eights. Third week, hit more eights. And then obviously that fourth week, hit all eights because you're gonna get a new phase, a new program. So that training intensity, you're lifting heavier load. Training intensity is increasing. Progressive overload is happening each week. Therefore, adaptation occurs and we're gonna obviously get big muscles, whatnot. So. Yeah, I think on that, if you've, got a, if you've got a rep range and you get to, let's say week four of your program and you're still comfortably at the yeah. top end of the rep range, then on this specific area, you're not hitting a level of intensity. Or if you're just keeping the same weight for the entire four weeks and you're not making any progress. I think adding in a little set no. to failure after that or a rest pause and it's like, oh, yeah. that same at weight. At the right time. Yeah, at the right time. But I think like just going, you just use the same weight for eight reps and then you got 12 to 15 reps on the same. Okay. You're not, not training hard enough. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, like, you need to just, let's bump up your weights. Let's just turn that knob up to 11 a little bit and go. Sometimes it just takes that level of realization of, oh yeah, he's right. I've actually just done another X amount of reps on a weight yeah. that I should only be able to do this I, for. People don't know that though. No, and, 100%. And it's had, the education I've thing I've had again. online clients go, I've seen their weights like four weeks later and it's still the same or they're still hitting 10 reps and it's a heavier load, but I'm like, You've got so much more in you. You're, yeah. Your last week, we want to be in You'd eight. You'd prefer so now, them to push that weight up higher and yeah, hit the, the And I'm like, right? leaving a note at the end, I'm like, push this heavier, lift heavier load. Yeah, and I think on that, there's obviously some exercises that we're not going to do that with. No. So like your traditional compounds, so like your squat bench and your deadlift are probably going to be the ones, yeah. <laughs> for more for, I suppose more for, more for the gem pop climb from a safety perspective, right? Obviously, for someone who's got a much higher training age, you can get away with certain things here and there, especially if you've got a spotter or you're training with your coach, then that might be the time where we push a max set on the bench press and the safety elements taken care of. But there's some exercises where you're gonna moderate that intensity for more of that gem pop person, but the safer movements, anything that's machine-based or dumbbell-based, like helping people understand we want you to be pushing a weight that's challenging you to hit the bottom end of that rep range by week three week four yeah. so that you're maximizing that intensity that will push that in your training yeah. correct 100 i agree beautiful last thing i want to cover is neat big one how <laughs> important <laughs> is neat and how misunderstood is neat in people getting doing it right now long-term results how important is it it's huge how misunderstood is it a lot yeah <laughs> yeah 
what's we just like what's neat non-exercise activity which is what you're doing right now yep swinging and fidgeting and it's unintentional movement so it's unintentional movement so it's everything everything that you do when you're not sedentary outside of training or yeah like outside of training yeah so it's walking to get somewhere without Mm -hmm. thinking about it at the same time so it's not yes it is a step allocation like you may have a step allocation or you may strive for a step allocation but that's probably because you're neat and the steps that you don't think about is maybe let's say 5,000 and your aim is to hit 8 to 10 your neat is then 5,000 and plus all the fidgeting that you might do because the upper watches sometimes pick up when you're just tapping your foot that's your neat anything extra that is prescribed right so I think the learning your importance of meat and this is where like a lot of the, the hard gainers can we respect in, into retrospect where they just move a lot like they're just like constantly yeah. just tapping away just moving like the, the pen fidgeters yeah do you I mean if I look at Cristiano Cristiano doesn't like he's just always stop moving on nah. that bloody thing over nah, there. He's he's just, and stops moving yeah it's just Sit. constantly going and whereas you look at someone actually there was actually, in Dan Garner's course and he mentions that females actually do less neat whether they're in a deficit, surplus, or a maintenance. Amy's a big one. Yeah, yeah, big one. Yeah, you look at her. <laughs> you're going to move a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, yeah, heavily underrated. And I think it's been misunderstood because I think it should become one of those Chinese whispers things yeah. where it started off as neat, then turned into steps, then turned into, I don't know, I mean, like people doing cardio. Oh, but it's my neat. It's just not your neat. But we need to understand your neat in order to, determine how many calories that you can have yeah so to 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 break that down for the listeners or the viewers it's a essential part of figuring out where your starting point is from a caloric perspective and it's going to determine what is considered a calorie deficit or calorie surplus based on that level of need to exercise alongside the other things that yeah, you and that's do where in terms of training and that's where some people are going to be unfortunate and go why can this person Example A, Christian, right. yeah. like he's on 4,000 calories at the moment and he's hungry yeah. and he's actually losing weight. Yeah. And the person who sits at the desk all day is like, why can he eat so much food but I can't? Not even him, like me. Yeah. Like I'll sit on 3-3 three, three as a maintenance and I'm like, man, but I just don't move as much. I don't fidget as much. Yeah. And that, that's where it comes down to and it's bad luck. Yeah, yeah <laughs> bad for luck. sure. And I think equating that and just being realistic with that going, okay, you're not a movement person, which if you're not moving as much, you don't warrant as much food yeah i think one of the other things with neat as well and training in the gym is i think people automatically assume that by strength training that they're going to lose weight and that's one of the key drivers of losing weight but neat actually burns a hell of a lot more calories than what that one training session does and like we said at the beginning neat is everything outside of you're either laying in bed or you're training. It's everything in the middle that is adding towards that neat. And if we look at, let's say someone's out of bed for 16, 17 hours a day and they only train for one hour, like that one hour snippet of maybe four or 500 calories that you burn in a gym session, if you're pushing at a high intensity, is a very small percentage of your overall calories burned throughout the day. So if the goal is weight loss, focusing on training more in the gym is not necessarily the focus point yes you want to be consistent and train with intensity but 
making sure you're taking care of your neat and your daily activity is actually where you're probably going to see most of the progress in terms of our fat loss, right? Yeah, exactly. It goes back to is when we're talking about the hours in the gym, you're in the hours, what, three to five hours, let's say tops, like everything else around that. It may even be doing it yeah. a hell of a lot more so. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's important to highlight in the gym, we've got three, three key adaptations. It's getting stronger, building muscle, or improving muscular endurance or aerobic capacity. Fat loss isn't an adaptation of training it's just a byproduct of consistency over time and if we look at a calorie deficit being one of the key components of that taking care of neat throughout the day takes up a huge yeah. huge amount of what that looks like for everybody yeah so actually understanding the importance of hitting your steps or making sure you're doing that general activity throughout the day holds a lot of importance. The last thing I wanted to touch on this topic before we wrap things up is in terms of those people who don't have the time to complete their need, do you guys see value in maybe adding, like Maddie said a little bit earlier, adding a little bit of extra time where they might just do a small amount of cardio at the end of their sessions so that it takes a lot shorter time period to get those overall steps up throughout the day yes it might be just outside of the means of it being considered neat but if it allows them to get that activity level up from a time perspective do you think that's a value to the right individual i've had one client i know in particular in the past that's struggled ceo could barely walk around at work or he used to walk around at work but he was in a lot of meetings and i've literally just said to him during the sessions here he used to train with me four days a week and I've just said in between, when we're resting and packing away equipment, you're gonna go for a walk. Just walk around the gym, just try and move. Because essentially, like you said before, realistically training the gym isn't gonna benefit fat loss. Realistically, you've gotta look at right, how many calories we're cons consuming compared to how many we're burning. So realistically, that's gonna be a byproduct. I know T's mentioned a couple of times with incorporating like outside of the gym if they're at work and they can afford a treadmill at home or something like that then utilizing that because essentially that's going to help them get their steps in. So realistically, if you don't have enough time to do it in the gym, then okay. And you don't have enough time to get out of home because of kids or... Efficiency. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, efficient yeah. and just working around their means at the end of the day. If at that makes it easier. you can do other things while you do it in yeah, that exactly. instance rather than having to go out and just 100%. aimlessly walk around. So if you need to get a cheap treadmill, and I'm sure there's heaps on Gumtree and whatnot and stuff <laughs> like that, or Marketplace, like just go get one from there sit here go to your desk put it on next to your desk on your laptop if you're on a call then just walk on the treadmill at the same time it's so much easier and it's yeah. benefiting them as well at the same time so yeah 100 and i'm all for if they can't get, if you can't get your steps in but you're like i've got 15 minutes gap in the day mate run yeah. can i just run instead yeah absolutely yeah go 100%. for it just jog? get it yeah. in. Just get it in. Yeah. Any movement and more movement you can do is going to be beneficial than what yeah. you're currently doing. Regardless if it falls outside of it being neat. It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. We, we use what we got with That's the best it. time. So, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. All for it. And, yeah, adding on to that with those, adding time onto the end of their training session, 100%. Like, yeah. Realistically, if you're trying to get, like, my client's trying to get in this phase a muscular adaptation. So, realistically, if he's not going to be training enough, then he's not going to get that adaptation, right? So, I've just included some more sets onto his other exercises on his other days and that's just the way that we're going to work it. So, and that suits him. So happy days.
Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen, I think we'll wrap this one up there. We've probably gone a little bit over, but I think we've probably provided quite a lot of quality information for people to, to unpack there. So thank you both for joining me today. Tyrone, if people want to find you, where can they go? Find me on Instagram at coach underscore Felino. That's F-O-L-I-N-O or at 381 Street in, in, at Enterprise Fitness. That's where we are. Easy you, and that's where I always am. But yeah, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Maddie, yourself? Uh, Instagram is at Matt Crooks PT or yeah, pretty much 381 Swan Street. Thank you. And you can find me, James Kelly PT, on Instagram and obviously the same as the boys, 381 Swan Street or melbournepersonaltrainers.com. Thank you for joining us today for all our viewers and all our listeners. Until next time, train hard, eat well, supplement smart. And ring the bell. Make sure you subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. <laughs>